Hello everyone, Amir Seth is here and you're listening to the episode number four of the Viva Visa podcast by Atemila Group. In this episode, Kusha Adhami, the founder of Adhamila Group, and I will cover and respond to the questions that some of you as our listeners emailed us and asked us to answer. Questions are mainly about the state court challenges, the petitioner's qualification, and the issues that may fail your case. So, please stay with us and thanks for listening. Let's begin. Hey, Kushal. Welcome. Thank you, Amir. Thank you for having me as always. Thank you. Okay, Kushal, we got lots of questions through the last uh, two weeks. And because we don't have that much time, so we're going to cover three or four of them. Okay? So, let's start with the first question. The first question is about the juvenile court. After completing the juvenile court, what is the next move and what do we need? Okay. So after completing the first stage, which is the state court process, mm-hmm. uh, we now have to continue the um, petition with USCIS. So we're done with the state court now. What we need to do is um, we need to file the uh, Form I-360, uh, Special Immigrant Juvenile Status Petition with USCIS. And there are... Um, essential documents that is that uh, is required to be filed with this form but two of the most essential documents that needs to be filed are the predicate orders uh, and mm-hmm. the birth certificate of the uh, minor child or the minors if there's more than one mm-hmm. um, this will pretty much give uh, uh, the USCIS enough evidence to start processing the the i360. So it doesn't necessarily give the approval because sometimes they will be asking for more information uh, when USCIS is not clear as to the documents that were submitted. Usually they uh, issue a request for evidence and in the request for evidence, they ask mm. for additional information to clarify the petition uh, or the information that is needed. Uh, sometimes there are issues with the birth certificate. Sometimes there are issues with the predicate order sometimes they want like um, a certified copy of the predicate orders um, or maybe better translation of birth certificates passport or any other mm-hmm. document mm-hmm. that is needed to be provided to USCIS okay I have a question you mentioned about birth certificate right yes if there is no birth certificate or if the the father name the name of the father is not in the birth certificate then what? Oh, very good question. Um, I've uh, encountered this situation a lot. Mm-hmm. So, like I mentioned before, um, SIGES uh, is something that needs to be done correctly at the stage one. So, when um, when client hires us for the first uh, process, for the first stage at the state court level, um, and if the father's name is not on the birth certificate, um 
usually the the process needs to be um i mean it 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 it, it really varies but yeah. uh if the petition takes place in the family law court then uh the petition for custody uh, and sigis finding needs to be accompanied by petition to establish parentage mm-hmm. it means that the state court or family law court is required to um establish on its findings uh, who the father of the minor child is okay mm-hmm. so in the petition to establish paternity you're asking the family law court to um based on the request of the of the uh, petition you're make you're asking the court to make the findings regarding the father of the child so mm-hmm. uh, when we have a situation like this if the father's identity is known then based on the declaration the petitions that were submitted um uh, and if there's enough evidence to show that that was the father of the child uh when the court makes a finding the court will also make the finding that uh so and so is the father of the minor child and if us raises questions um the deficiency of the uh, child's birth certificate mm-hmm. then um the court's finding is sufficient enough for USCIS to re- rely on so would our clients where the father's name is not on the birth certificate um then then when we file the petition the court we ask the court to make the findings of the who the father is so that way uh it will not have any issues uh, in the long term with the child's uh, sigis petition with USCIS the I360 just just one step backward okay if the state court result was good and we could go and move on to the USCIS mm-hmm, okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is that enough for a child to go to trip or doing anything because now we we good and it's all about the USCIS or not um i think i think i would have to say like depending on the factors but generally the answer is no uh, why because because uh i360 and i360 approval by itself does not uh authorize the applicant to travel outside the US um if if the i360 is is approved right and uh if the child uh is for example if 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 the i360 is approved and you're filing the adjustment of status application the green card mm-hmm. and along with that you apply for advance parole mm-hmm. um So the advance if the advance parole is issued prior to the approval of the green card and you have a, a you have authorization to leave the country but if without that I I and all the immigration attorneys would advise against traveling hmm. prior to having uh, authorization to do so right. because because I mean the child can the, the applicant can leave mm-hmm. but are they going to be able to come back right You know, right, that's that's, that's why that's what advance parole allows right. you to obtain authorization in the US hmm. prior to leaving. Hmm. Prior to departing from the US to uh re-enter the US. Okay. What happens if the I360 or the Sages visa is denied at the USCIS? Is there appeal process? Very good question, Amir. That's a very, very good question. Hmm. So um USCIS has USCIS is an agency it's not a court right okay so 
if the i360 is denied uh, there are there is a procedure or a process that allows the applicant to appeal this now depending on the type of appeal you want to do or the you the, depending on the appeal that the applicant wants to pursue um, I believe it falls under form i290b and uh, with that form uh, with that application you can either appeal the decision of USCIS mm-hmm. or you can file a motion to reopen or a motion to reconsideration or a motion to reconsider mm-hmm. so if there was a, a, if the officer or whoever adjudicated the i360 made a mistake then then it can be corrected however however if this process uh, with the I-290B or if the applicant exhausts all the level of uh, appeal available to them at the USCIS level, then the next step would probably be either, uh, it would be a federal court um, mm. because it happens a lot uh, where USCIS uh, kind of contradicts its own uh, policies or regulations and you have to seek a, a decision or a, a, a or, or, or petition before the federal court or a judge to um, direct or guide USCIS to make a uh, correct decision regarding your case. So we had, uh, there was actually a class action lawsuit mm. uh, for CIGIS applicant because at some point um, for uh, guardianship applicants, uh, for, for, for CIGIS applicants who had obtained their guardianship uh, in California, mm. Uh, and they had obtained their guardianship order along with decisions filing at the state court level, and they were between the under the age of twenty one, and they were from eighteen of age, uh, basically eighteen to twenty. USCIS was either rejecting them or not processing them. Hmm. So uh, there was a class action lawsuit, and the class action resolved the, this issue because USCIS was say, uh, basically saying or indicating that. Um, it, since the children were over the age of twenty, right, uh, uh, were over the age of eighteen, they could the the, the guardianship court in California did not have jurisdiction. Hmm. It's 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 a co- very complex issue, but it's it's, it's resolved now. So so we're good. Hmm. So this is exactly where the attorneys come to the picture. Right? Yeah, it, it's right. it, it it got right. very complicated, and and you know, but but the class action is resolved, and right. it really uh, the judges. Really sided with the with the uh, uh, applicants right. in this case. Uh, you know, in next episode we will talk about I three sixty and the, the the complication of the I three sixty and how we have to provide all those information. But the reason that I'm uh, talking about it is that because sometimes people look at the videos on YouTube or somewhere else and they figure out, okay, it's it's easy, it's a form. No, it's not easy. It's not just a form because it's you know. It, I wish that was the case. No, really, <laughs> yeah, I'm telling yeah, you because. Yeah. The way you as an attorney, you know how to put all those, you know, key factors that will provide and build the the foundation of this story that the USCIS agents, they will read and understand what is the case is is really, it's like an art, you know? Right. And it's not just going through the uh, videos, the vials, and the YouTube, this, that. It's not easy like that. That's why I'm, I'm trying to emphasize on that one, because of the listeners. If you want to go based on your 
judgment and your decision is okay, you can do that, but the result is absolutely different than when you talk with an attorney, especially for sieges. You're not applying for the tourist visa. It's a sieges case. It's it's really important. If there's a deny, the future must, it's not gonna be easy for you to roll it back and start over, you know? For the visa, for different types of visa, you can do many things, but for this case, it's not easy for sure. So let's go to the next question. Actually, actually, uh, right. Amir, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna add something to that. Right, right. I I, I really appreciate you 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 indicating that right. because um, you know, um, of course, there is no, uh, you know, we don't want to push people right. in, into like doing things definitely necessarily with attorneys. Right. However, a, a, a good chunk of our cases that I sometimes get from clients is mm. is is the cases that they trying to do it and um, it didn't work out and they right. had to now spend kind of like a double the price to fix the issues that the mistakes and the issues that were uh, right. submitted in the application and USCIS um, doesn't like to spend too much time and that's the key and exactly. that's the problem yes right. it happens very right. often yeah yeah USCIS is 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 a complicated and very uh, busy agency mm-hmm. and and um, they take forever to uh, fix issues, right. even if the issue is done by by themselves. So, right. so it's it's just better to be done correctly at, right. at right. the first stage. Exactly. Then, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, the, it's the you know the the most important thing is here is not just money. It's about the time. Absolutely. Because if you make a mistake and if you delay the case and if you pass that limit, sometimes. It's not. It's not it's possible. It's not worth the money. Yes. Yeah, it's yes. not possible to turn back and start over because you passed that age. Right. You right. know that's right. the case. Okay. Right. 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 Yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to emphasize. Be careful. Uh, the last question that we have is that, uh, how does the visa process work? Is there a wait time period or not? Yes. Okay. So. Um, as I mentioned previously, the I-360 right. by itself does not grant you a legal status. The I-360 is a visa that can be later on used um, for the child to apply for his or her green card. So the I-360 uh, for CIGES, um so, so once the I-360 is filed with USCIS, USCIS usually takes about six months to adjudicate and approve mm-hmm. the I-360. Um, once the I-360 is approved, um, right. um, CIGES applicants are eligible to apply for uh, their work authorization on their C-14 category, which is a pretty awesome thing uh, because we didn't have that before. So now the CIGES applicants can obtain their work authorization and their social security before they can apply for their green card. Now, With I-360, the, the approved one? Yes. Once I-360 approved, yes, yes. Very interesting because before right. we didn't have right. that. This is, pre- right. this is relatively new. Uh, so um, they can apply for their parents as well? No, if, no, 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 no. We have to talk about it later. Yes, yeah, that's sure, a very, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. I'm going to go write it yes, down for sure. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so SIGIS so is only for the minor. You know, the work authorization is only for the minor. And... To kind of like provide a little bit of a background, 
uh, when a citizen applicant receives his or her green card, right, and even if they become a citizen, they can never petition each any of the parents. Citizen is only for the minor. That's something to consider. But we'll talk more about that. Oh yeah, sure, sure, yes, definitely. Yes. Okay, so once I three sixty is approved, um, depending, uh, um, it, so, so once I three sixty approved, in or, uh, you receive a priority date, and in order to Check your priority date. Um, you need to visit um, the Visa Bulletin um, website where you can check the uh, uh, status of your, whether your priority date is current or not. Uh, the the priority date falls under EB4, um, and this is where it gets a little complicated. So if the child, because the priority date, priority date varies based on the uh, ethnicity and the nationality of the child. Mm -hmm. So, if the child is uh, a national of El Salvador, Guatemala, or Honduras, then the it takes longer for mm. for the priority date Why? to become current because there's the there there are more applicants oh, that are for from these countries. Yes, yes, mm. yes. Um, uh, there's a high number of these unaccompanied minors that came to the U.S. And limited and, available visa. Yeah, now the right. limit is, is 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 yeah. Right. Have, if uh, so, so you're looking at somewhere around like three years. You know, once the I three three years. Years. yes, they have to wow. wait three years to apply for their green card. If they are from Mexico, now it's it's a little less, so it's usually like two years uh, that they have to right. wait. Um, and uh, uh, I don't know when our listeners are gonna listen to our podcast, but mm. uh, uh, these dates that I'm telling you guys is is, is as of September of 2022. Right. Okay. Uh, if they are from uh, any other country, their their uh, their priority date should be current once they're so once the I three sixty is approved, they can apply for their green card. Okay. For example, if someone from Armenia. Okay. From Iran. Yes. From Afghanistan. From Ukraine. Right. So once I three six is approved, they then they can apply for the green card. Right. If they're okay. not if 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 they're not uh in removal proceedings or if they're not any other okay. issues. You mean from uh I three sixty approval to the moment they receive the green card, sometimes it takes two years or three years, right? Okay. Let me let me let me just rephrase. Right. right. Okay. So if the if the if the child is not subject to the visa bulletin, okay? And this usually happens if they're from Mexico, El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras, because uh, there's a high number of the applicants. Then once the I-360 is approved, they can apply for their green card. Or they can apply for CIGES and the green card concurrently. Hmm. So they don't necessarily have to wait. So it depends. It depends where they're from. It depends if there are any other immigration factors if there, if there is a, so so it's there is not a you don't you can't just apply right away right. you have to you have it, it it's a it's a very fact base and it doesn't matter if they pass 21 years old in that case in uh, that area no I, I no i think what you're saying is incorrect uh okay what, what i would like to emphasize is right. that uh if you're asking if the I three sixty has been approved before they were twenty one, and now they're like twenty three years old, and priority date is current, now they can apply for their green card. So uh, once the I three sixty is approved, and if they age out, you're good. Okay. Okay. Right. Exactly. So, that's so the, the question. Age yeah. out provision does not apply once I three sixty is approved. I am going to re reemphasize right. this again. I three sixty must be filed 
before 21. 21. There is Absolutely. no way around it. Yes. I yes. got it. Yes. And we have to we have to consider the 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 time period of the uh, state court the five or three five month and then the process. So we have to consider about six or seven months at least to make sure we got we we good enough to get to the I three. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay. So the next question. Okay, this the the last question actually. What can delay? The I-360 approval. Okay, good question, Amir. Um, so once I-360 is filed, uh, USCIS can issue various different um, requests for evidence or RFPs regarding the, the CIGIS application. So uh, I've situations that we've encountered at our office is that, uh, for example, if there has been any inconsistency of the statements made uh, by the CIGIS applicants on different applications, and now USCIS is taking into consideration. Like, for example, um, if the child has uh, submitted a asylum application to USCIS, right, indicating that he's here living with his mom and dad, you know, etc. Now, Six months, seven months later, or a year later, they have submitted the I three sixty applications indicating that, oh yeah, uh, I was abandoned and neglected by my, my, my father, and having been living with my father since I was like five years old or whatever. Then, then this can become this can create a credibility uh-huh. issues. So mm-hmm. the informations mm-hmm. or the factors uh, are going to be inconsistent because on your first asylum application you said that your father is here, mm-hmm. and now you're saying it's not. So. That can cause the delay in the right. approval, and it can also lead to a rejection. If there really? are, yes, yes, because it's it's like because it's con- con- yes, yes, yeah, it's inconsistent. Fraud. Yes, yeah. yes, it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's fraud, right? Uh, because obviously, if it's something fraudulent or something mm. that that even even that we even like suspect a bit, we don't mm. represent the client and we'll withdraw from representation. Right. That's the absolute thing. Um, but if the uh, applications or the statement seems inconsistent in two different right factors, then right. that then then it would be a legitimate thing for for uh, to deny the for, case. For, for for USCIS to to either at least be able to question it before right. denying it, you know. Right. So right. so that's that's a, and there's also of course like. Uh, even like after the I-360 is approved and the child is eligible to apply for their green card, the citizen applicant, the the I uh, the, the green card application can be delayed for many as factors. One would be if they have a, a removal order or deportation mm-hmm. order. USAs will not adjudicate and approve the green card if they have a prior removal order. So they have to file a motion to reopen with the immigration court. If the child has... Uh, other immigration violations, maybe they'll need a waiver. Or if the child has prior criminal records. So mm-hmm. that's something that USAs will also consider. So it's fact-based. And I invite our listeners to uh, write questions right. so we can so I can answer them. Because 
have done way too many of these cases. We have a lot of experience in these cases, right. and we have seen so many different right. um, scenarios that uh, that that I'm able to answer a lot of questions. Mm, perfect. Okay, Kusha. Thanks for joining us, and I want to say thank you to our listeners. I hope you enjoyed and learned from today's episode. Make sure to check out the show notes with the description for access to our website, and also make sure to share this episode with your friends and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. We really appreciate hearing feedback from you, so please share a review for this episode or check out our website and ask your questions. We are located in 21031 Ventura Boulevard, suite number 76. Woodland Hills, California 91364. You can also call us at 213-204-6500. Until the next episode, take care and bye.